the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Yes, indeedy. It is hump day. <laughs> Super glad to have you guys here with me. I'm not exactly sure where my crack team is running around the studio. We already making it over to hump, baby. The day's almost over. You don't need to be running around. <laughs> hey, super excited to have you guys here with me tonight because we've got a great show for you guys to to share with you. We've got uh, some highlights of a debate and not just the one that everybody was talking about today in terms of Fetterman and Oz, but I think something even more extraordinary went down in this New York debate. We're going to share that with you guys. We also have a story that nobody's talking about that everybody needs to know about because it's kind of scary. And if there's not a solution found PDQ, things are going to get really, uh, things are going to get uglier in the economy than, than they were on the stage last night in Pennsylvania. We're just going to, we're just going to say that right now. We got that, sh- that story to, to share with you guys. We want to hear from you. 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. One question I have for you guys, if you watched that debate last night, if you didn't. Well, you know, if you watched it, it was really would have to be clips that were on the internet because in order to try to cover for Fetterman in advance to try to, you know, keep some pretext that he's actually in good working condition mentally and physically, they decided last minute to not broadcast this this debate anywhere except Pennsylvania. There's been so many different responses today, including some ridiculous responses by the media. But I want to hear from you guys. Do you think the criticism of Fetterman is too much? Do you think that the attacks on him are making him so sympathetic that it might actually work in his favor? Do you think that these debates don't even matter anymore because most of the mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania for Democrats have already been mailed, filled out, and returned. I mean, do you even do you even think debates even matter anymore? 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Before I go any further, got to bring in a man who was just jogging around the studio like he was a fresh as a daisy, fresh out of, out of bed in the morning. It's DJ Potato Skins. Got to keep my heart rate at the uh, correct level, especially when running the very on-point Andrea K. Show. Ooh. Good, good use of compliments Thank on you. AK. Isn't that smart? I'm telling you, he's the smartest dude in the business. He knows exactly when to suck up to the host of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Do you think, I, I'm going to ask you this question. What's up? Because you're somebody with, you're somebody who hits it hard when it comes to your political opinions. Yep. You're very much like me. Cut when and you, dry. We, we, cut and dry. When you've got an opinion, you know, it's based, it's rooted in principle, it's rooted in integrity, it's rooted in deep 
deeply held core beliefs. The attacks on Fetterman today. Do you think they went too far and might actually make him sympathetic and help him two weeks from now? Or do you think there were uh, do you think they were warranted? I listened and watched a lot of clips from the debate yesterday. And I have to tell you that I feel bad that like you and I were doing some pre-show prep and the fact that his doctor and also his family have allowed him to run in this race is it's I don't think it's right because there's obviously even with the closed captioning, there's something that's not working in his favor right. and it's got to be mentally tasking for him right uh yeah um you know uh, uh, you got to be asking yourself today i mean is this it's absolutely disgusting and despicable how this man is and i don't even care if he's you know obviously he's on board with it he, obviously he's not so mentally uh, you know incapacitated that he's not able to make a decision for himself whether or not he runs i don't have i don't have sympathy for him it in most regards i don't it's just not in my nature to really be cruel and ugly uh in, in regards to this um i but i think that i i don't want him to be so attacked that he ends up being sympathetic I think that the doctor who cleared him to do this, if that's what happened, and, and I do believe his doctor came out today and supposedly cleared him after this ridiculous, horrendous situation, I think that that doctor should lose his license. Because the, because when, when you suffer any kind of traumatic injury, particularly one involving your brain, the road to recovery is long, it's arduous, and it's tenuous. But and it just goes to show the depths of the evil of the Democrat Party that they would put that they that it, oh, they care more about power that they're willing to inflict this man on the constituents. We deserve better than this. If we're to believe that somebody of this limited mental capacity, if we're to believe that this person is, of, uh, you know, is capable of doing the job, then that tells me. That this job is so easy that, quite frankly, we need to be we need to be you know uh, reevaluating whether or not we should even be you know what do we what are we doing with the Senate if somebody in his position can so easily do the job? But we know we can't. So I will tell you that I did have before we play some clips. You guys need to know about. I, I do. Um, I, I I do think it's fair. <laughs> I do think it's fair to be saying. Where where has the Democrat Party gone, right? Where has the Democrat Party of uh, JFK, right? Where is the Democrat Party of um, Obama? Or even the Democrat Party of Bill Clinton, right? I mean, the Democrat Party, we know they've been lying to us. We know that they've been hiding what their religion is. We know that they're, they're just now finally starting to be open about what communists they are and about their cultural Marxist plans for us. But at least when they were doing that to us, at least when they were lying to us, they were good looking, smooth talking and had the ability to make us at least feel like whatever they're saying to us, however they're lying to us, you know, at least it's, at least we're able to swallow it easily instead of this guy, this clown. And he is a clown. It was incredibly painful to watch him last night. And it, and I can feel bad for somebody personally uh, it, it, up to a certain point. Because it, it, up to a certain point when somebody's issues, when somebody's, uh, somebody's um, ment- particularly when it involves their mental health, you have to know your limitations. And you, have to, and you have to be willing out of respect for other people. You have to be willing to... To say, you know what, I got to step out. 
this isn't this isn't the right thing for me to be doing. I got to step out. Um, there was another debate that was really incredibly important last night that we got to talk about, <clears throat> and it involves Kathy Hochul and Lee Zeldin. Uh, not a ho- not as many people talking about this today, and it was absolutely extraordinary debate because this is I mean New York. I would say New York is as blue, if not more blue, than the state of California. And to think that we might be about to have not just a Republican governor, but one as as solidly conservative as Lee Zeldin is absolutely extraordinary to me. And I'm, I'm super excited about the prospect. One of the issues that has not been talked about so much uh, as we're going into the midterms and as as well as I, as much as I think it should be is the crime wave that's, that's happening in the streets. Look, I understand that the number one issue right now for people is that, you know, it's almost seven dollars a gallon of gas. I mean, when you can't eat, you know, and you can't afford to feed your kids and you're worried about where your next, you know, whether you're going to make it to your next paycheck, seeing images of people shoved in front of a subway train across the country might not be the most you know important issue to you but it's absolutely critical because our safety when you when you're at a point to where as as is much of the country that you don't feel safe to go about your life in new york they don't drive cars right in new york you can't afford necessarily to take an uber everywhere you go and the average citizen has to take the subway right when we have we have stores closing all around the country we have stores closing all around the country because they're, they're, there's new reports now that stores are closing early because they can't afford to stay open because of the crime wave. Crime is, is a major issue that is, is soon to affect everybody in this country. And, I, and, and coming out of New Orleans, I can tell you, which is now even, I think, the most dangerous city, uh, coming out of there, I know what it's like to live in a city to where you can't go anywhere without thinking as to what you're doing and being aware of your surroundings to the degree to where um, I was instructed by family members of mine and law enforcement to never sit at a red light. If I get it, it to stop, look, and if I can make it through the intersection to go forward, never sit in a drive through. Don't go to drive through. If you're going to go through drive through, I would literally. Uh, you you know, know, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm hearing more and more of these drive drive through crimes, Andrea. It's scary. Yeah, there was a video that went viral. They came out of Georgia. Um, that was in Georgia where the guys, guys reaching into, uh, uh, I don't know if it was a Wendy's, but a fast food drive through and he's picking up things and he's throwing stuff. And I don't understand why he was allowed to do that. Um, you know, I'm not aware. I've got family in Georgia. I'm not aware what the, what the carry situation is down there. I know, I know family member, I, members of mine down there are hardcore Second Amendment advocates and owns, and own guns. But we need to be, I, you know, I, if I would, if I was going to be working as a cashier somewhere at a convenience store late at night, if I was going to be working at a drive through window where I was subject to having, coming that close contact with somebody and I'm a sitting duck, I, I would, I would demand that my employer provide some method of me to be able to defend myself are we gonna feel safe are we gonna have to turn our drive-through our drive-through restaurants into like banks right to where do you remember or like uh, do you remember where banks used to have um they would have the tube when we we used to have drive-through banking yeah the the, the tube thing that you used to used to send the money through it yeah checks through it yeah and then they would send it back Uh and you would oh are we gonna is that what we're, we're gonna be reduced to Right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to get into some clips from last night's debate. 
We want to hear from you. 888-344-1170. Is Fetterman so sympathetic that it's going to actually work in his favor? Stay tuned. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. You're listening to the Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Email me at andreakshow.com. In fact, I just got an email from one of my favorite listeners who emails me on a regular basis. And she says, tell me who has attacked this man, meaning Fetterman. Every conservative person spoke of him. They told the truth. They were sorry for him and disgusted with his wife for letting this go on. However, he and the rest of them agreed that it was bad for him. Um, that's how most conservatives, thank you for that listener, love you. That was um, what most conservatives have done. But there has been... A lot that have been posting a lot of really um, uh, could be considered funny, um, but not nice, not nice. And so, you know, and 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 I'm the kind of person that could get a laugh out of them, but wouldn't post them or publish them because of of the malleable, impressionable minds out there that might might react with all oh, this poor man so you know i'm thinking i'm thinking strategery i'm thinking strategery here because the reaction of well let me play a few clips for those who didn't get to hear it last night it, you know it, it it was incredibly painful to watch it and 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 because it was so painful, the mainstream media has come out today and done everything that they could they could to try to provide excuses for him, treat him like a toddler who was finally you know fi- who just finally learned uh, you know count to ten. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And so you have to understand. So I'm con- so there's a psychology element that has to do with campaigning, and so that's why I'm asking about do do you know do we have to be careful in how I think the I think the way this listener described it is dead on. That's kind of what I was saying at the beginning i think i think we absolutely have to be dead on and say this man has no business running for office i think you can be honest and say what's going on but still have tact and be nice at the same time exactly just don't go too far with it right don't go too far with it because the american people are naturally the type of people that root for the underdog they they always root for an underdog particularly one that they think might be under unfair attack attacking him for his his inability to do the job absolutely fair um there's a lot of memes that are going around today that might be funny might be but there might be the kind of thing that you want to text to a friend not publicize because it could backfire i'm concerned about it backfiring particularly given the fact that all these mail in ballots have already gone out Right. Uh, I mean, half the Democrats or more have already voted. So we don't have a huge amount of play yet. Right. In order to left in order to try to maximize this. Let's just play a couple of clips. Um, in fact. Uh, let's play clip three. As lieutenant governor, you're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. Totally cringe. Totally cringe. <sighs> the media today, like I said, uh, did everything they could, including last night, immediately rushing to the rescue of this man, immediately rushing to the rescue to the degree to where everything from excuses to uh, this morning, the ladies of The View accusing Dr. Oz of bullying him. Dr. Oz didn't bully anybody. Right. Fetterman, one of the things Fetterman opened up by saying was, you know, let's talk about the elephant in the room. I had a stroke and Dr. Oz never lets me forget it. Um, 
Isn't he the one that reminds everybody every time he opens his mouth that he had a stroke? Is Dr. Oz responsible for his incapacity? If it's not a big deal, don't bring it up and just what are you bringing to the table in the best way you can? Right. So what I'm suggesting is, is that we continue. We don't fall for any attempts to try to manipulate us with sympathy and we don't create opportunities for people to begin to form sympathy for him because what's going on here is unconscionable. It really is. Absolutely unconscionable. This man is not fit. In fact, here is what Sonny Hostin had to say. This is how this is the extent of which they're twisting themselves into a pretzel to justify. And let me tell you the reason why I'm talking about this so much. This is probably the most crucial Senate seat because many people are saying that this is the one that will probably be the seat, the race that flips or does not flip the Senate to the Republican Party. I want you to listen to uh, one of the haints from the view, Sonny, Sonny, the haint Hostin. Uh, from the view today. And I think it takes real courage to show that you've been knocked down. I think it takes real bravery to allow people to see your weakness, right? And um, we know that Fetterman's cognitive abilities have not been compromised. It's about expression right. that, that has been compromised. <laughs> Hello, let me let me help you out, Sonny Hostin, okay? Maybe you're not aware that somebody's ability to speak is tied to their brain and their cognitive abilities, okay? We're not talking about somebody who, we all get a little tongue-tied at, at, at times, right? Um, particularly if we're, you know, I, I mean, everybody Everybody has a little bit where they but like But even if you're it. running, a, even if she's right, Andrea, you're running a state, the, the way you communicate with the people that you serve is through speech. Yes, um, but... His speech and inability, I think we no, played that's exactly my point. His inability to, to actually form, I don't even think we pulled the most oh, shocking, I mean, painful uh, clips from him last night, which was a word salad that only Kamala Harris could appreciate. It's absolutely ridiculous. And we deserve better than this. We deserve it would be criminal for this man to win this race. We're $31 trillion in debt. We've got an open border, intentionally open. I, I think it was the president of Guatemala came out to, uh, yesterday, I believe, and said he tried. He offered the United States of America. He offered to, ex, uh, to um, deport those that were in caravans trying to make their way to the United States if the United States would provide buses and airplanes to them down there. They would take these migrants that were on their way to enter this country illegally and the Biden administration refused that situation, refused to provide means to stop these illegal immigrants from making their way here. If you want we've, the fracking clip, I have it. We've got a story. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that's that's one of the, the ones. Yeah, let's play the fracking clip. I've always supported fracking. And I always believe that independence with our energy is, is critical. We can't be held, you know, you know, ransom to somebody like Russia. You know, I've always believed that energy independence is critical. And I've always believed that. And I do support fracking. I've never taken any money from their, their, their industry. But I support how critical it is that we produce our own energy and create energy independence. That was actually one of his better moments, to be honest with you. And that's how pathetic it was when that was one of his better moments. Which, by the way, let me tell you, the one thing that's absolutely worse than Fetterman's cognitive issues 
is his penchant for lying. Are we to believe? We're, we're, uh, well, Sonny Hostin's trying to tell us he doesn't have any cognitive ability, so he doesn't get a pass and excuse for that lie. He was confronted by this moderator for the fact that he had said, and she even quoted him. I think they even put up uh, on the screen behind him the quote of him saying that he was against fracking. I think I'd rather take somebody who's, who's practically brain dead, who's at least honest. This man's both. Message from another listener here says Democrats want ignorant people or disabled people that are mentally ill to run for office and win so they could push their agenda through them. Like Biden, he's not running anything being this fake president. Obama or somebody else is. Absolutely. Let's hear what some of the constituents, I think, had to say uh, in response. Clip two. You were to vote today. Who should be the next Pennsylvania senator? Well, based off of the debate last night, I think Oz won by a landslide. Um, I do feel bad for Fetterman, but we're not handing out participation trophies. I think that he definitely fell short last night. Not only I'm not criticizing his speaking ability whatsoever, but the content that he brought to the table and the uh, failure to put together a plan of action is not what our state needs right now. But he's unable to put together a plan. Well, first of all, he is unable to put together a, a plan because that that is, you know, done by cognitive uh, you know, abilities. But second of all, we already know what his plan is. His plan is to unleash every murderer that's in prison right now out on the streets. His plan is to set up uh, heroin injection sites. His plan is to unleash and, and, and encourage and foster criminal activity and drug addiction in the state of Pennsylvania and to join Joe Biden and the rest in their communistic, fascistic economic plan and social justice warrior plan and unleash it on this country. This man must be stopped, absolutely stopped. But, uh, you know, I'm concerned about Pennsylvania right now, given the given these mail in ballots and these absentee ballot situation. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to shift gears back to New York because I want you to hear something extraordinary that happened last night in that debate up there. 888-344-1170. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. I say that every segment, but y'all know it's true. You absolutely do. 888-344-1170. I've got a kind of a pop culture question for you guys. And I know that so many of my listeners are conservative Christians, obviously, not just conservatives, but Christians. And um, Halloween has become kind of a bigger... I'm going to get back to the debates and serious stuff, but I, I, I love cultural stuff too. I love knowing what makes people tick. I love knowing and, and learning about people and what excites them and what the, what interests them and, and, and their beliefs and learning about them. And I'm curious about you guys because um, growing up, we did Halloween. We went door to door. and it. But, you know, my parents never made me any costumes. I mean, you know, basically we wore a mask. My daddy probably picked up at the, you know, the Kmart somewhere. We used a pillowcase to get our candy. And all, that's all we cared about as kids anyway. We didn't care about the costume. Bring on we, the candy. We cared about the candy, right? Now, Halloween over the years has become such a huge thing. And it's become almost controversial with Christians because, oh, it's about, you know, dark and it's about celebrating ghouls 
and goblins and evil spirits. And I'm just curious to you guys out there if you have an opinion about it. Um, you know, in fact, there's a lot of churches that do trunk or treat because they don't want think that, you know, that to go around and go door to door trick or treating is to participate in satanic rituals. Um, I'm not sure the difference between going door to door or going around trunk to trunk in a parking lot. I'm not really sure what the difference is. Um, but I'm just curious about this. We're getting, you know, uh, approaching Halloween and I'm wondering what you guys think about it. 888-344-1170. You got an opinion on that, my man? I've always loved Halloween. I just think it's all a matter of how you celebrate it. You don't have to get into the ghouls and ghosts and goblins in order to celebrate. I've actually loved dressing up, still do as an adult, but never dressed up as any of those particular spooky things. And I think you see a lot of that when you're going to some of these, you know, church, uh, fall festivals as they will will call them there's there's a way to do it there's a right way to do it and you can still celebrate and have a good time yeah as a kid and here's what i tell christian friends of mine as a i think you're right about how you celebrate it you know as a kid when i put a mask on of casper the ghost or whatever it was i don't even remember remember those plastic masks and your face would get all hot and sweaty and the plastic band that went around your head would like dig dig into your scalp. I wasn't thinking anything about satanic spirits. All I cared about was going door to door, trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. And I would and the most miserable part of the night would be when my daddy would like sit down with a candy and have to go through it. Right. To make sure there was no razor blades that everything, all the candy pieces were sealed. And it was like, come on, I just want my I just want my Twix or whatever, whatever I was obsessing on in the moment as a, as a kid. Um, I do, th- you know, so to me, you're right, Skins. I mean, it's really how I think you celebrate it because kids don't know something I think satanic. is everything. Right. I mean, it's kind of like Easter. I mean, is it really biblical to sh- to have the Easter bunny and-, and hide eggs in a backyard? But I don't think that, that that by doing that means you're not honoring the Lord Jesus Christ on Easter. Well, think about this. Years and years ago, and I don't have them anymore, when my kids were small, I was trying to teach them the, the real meaning of Easter they actually had these things called resurrection eggs and you hid them just like regular Easter eggs. Interesting. They would have different things from the holiday season inside the eggs and then one of the eggs was nothing because that actually represented the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The empty tomb. That represented the empty... Again, it's all about how you do it. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. All right. Speaking of brilliance, I'm going to go to the the phones and see if we got some brilliance. Uh, from our callers, Tisha from San Diego is on the line. Hey, Tisha. Hi. I've been listening to you for a long time, but my first time calling in. <laughs> well, well, thank you for calling. Um, What's your thoughts on Halloween? I think it's utterly demonic. I I, ne- I grew up doing Halloween, but I never took my kids. I'm in my 50s. Okay. You know, the Bible says, and, my, and, and my, I have my, the church I go to is celebrating. They're doing this whole thing. I don't agree with the Easter eggs, with Easter bunnies and all of that. I don't. The Bible says in Mark 7 that when you join these traditions of men or these things that he clearly said don't do, and it specifically talks about the things in Halloween, mm-hmm. um, that you literally cancel out the word of God. Mark 7, chapter 7, verse 7 to 13. And I have a mission of floodwaters, and, and, and I'm bringing this because we talked about Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things, we do a lot of stuff. We do outreach and, and homeless, and yada, yada. But one of the things I also do is something called deliverance. And Catholicism, they call exorcism and different things. 
And one of our things, and one of the things we do with counseling or deliverance with people are people who have engaged in various avenues of Halloween. And now they're dealing with the after effects of that thing. Well, and I don't want to like go into yes. Well, I do think I do think that there are activities that can uh, leave you vulnerable uh, to the enemy to getting in, in, into uh, our minds. Um, I actually misinterpreted a headline. Uh, shame on me today. There was a headline from the New York Post. I misread the headline, actually. And I just took a screenshot because I was busy today and posted it. And it had to do with the, with the Pope talking about how uh, priests and nuns actually consume porn, too. And I didn't like I didn't like the headline because the article he goes on to say that it's an avenue for the devil to come in. And I agree. I didn't like the way it was phrased because it was a little too flippant over something so deadly serious. But but I think you're right in in, in the, the fact that we do have to guard our minds, because if we don't meditate on the word day and night, we can leave ourselves open to the devil getting an inroad. And when the and the, when the devil comes at us, it's usually it, it it's not obvious that it's him. Right. Oftentimes the devil comes to us um, looking like something good or something completely innocent. So um, thank you for calling, Tisha. I appreciate you sharing your perspective and God bless you. And, oh, and you're welcome. Know. God bless you. Thank, guys. You. thank you, honey. Um, yeah, I know. I've got family that, that agree with Tisha on that. If you want to weigh in, give us a buzz. 888-344-1170. Maybe you're like skins and think, well, you know, uh, you can control, you can, you can control the dynamic, control the narrative, control, control, the control the intention and control what it's about. I think, and I think that parents can do that with kids. I, I think that, um, I think as adults, it can be a different matter, you know, um, well, parents can control it for kids. Um, I'm not really sure what my point was there. As an adult, I'm trying to think if I ever did anything on Halloween. One time, friends of mine wanted to go out on Halloween and I was like, really? Because that ain't that ain't my jam. Okay, you want me to go out in New Orleans? I was in New Orleans. I was. I think it was in college. You want me to go out? Okay, I'm there for you if you want to go to the Strawberry Festival in Ponchatoula. Okay, I'm there for you if you want to go to the Jazz and Heritage Festival and listen to some great. Go to the Gospel Tent or go listen to the Neville Brothers. You want me to go out on Halloween? Really? So <laughs> this is what I did. I took a, a dress. And um, parted my hair and curled it a certain way, took a piece of paper and drew a wheel on the back. And I wrote, spin my wheel. I went as Vanna White. I mean, I had absolutely. That's pretty creative. <laughs> well, it really wasn't. It was like, I don't have a costume. This That was the extent of it. It took me two minutes to take a piece of paper, write, draw a wheel on it and pin it to the back of my dress. I mean, that's how non into it I was. But interest, but there was nothing really. But as I'm thinking back on that, there really wasn't anything. It wasn't like today where people are actually getting all this like weird witchy and skull and crossbones makeup done. You know, I think my friend went as Edie Sedgwick. Do you even know who Edie Sedgwick no, is? No, don't know the name. Um, well, she didn't re- She didn't do a costume. She was um, an actress. So my friend wrote on a piece of paper too and stapled it to and taped it to her shirt it, 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 so that people would know who she was and this way she could wear whatever clothes she wanted. In other words, no costume. She just did like a piece of paper and wrote Edie Sedgwick, uh, the quintessential Warholian superstar who tragically died of a drug overdose at the age of 22. And that was like her costume. And people just were like, you two should have just stayed at home, okay? Because you made no effort to come out for Halloween. 
So anytime I see my old friend when I go to New Orleans, she and I always laugh about our ridiculously tragic, stupid, moronic non-costumes that we wore for Halloween. All right. I think we should go ahead and take a break. Then we're going to come back and get serious and talk about what went down. I think I think Kathy Hochul in this debate with Lee Zeldin was wishing she had a Casper mask that she could put over her face to hide because that's how hard Lee Zeldin ate her up in this debate. And we're going to share that with you when we come back. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. We had a caller earlier wanting to know what our 24-hour hotline number was. Y'all write this down. 844-814-5227. That's 844-814-5227. If you want to call us, that's available to you 24 hours a day. You want to weigh in on Halloween. Any thoughts on that? Fetterman, uh, how you guys are feeling about uh, going into these midterms. Stay tuned for next hour because we do have that shocking story an economic story, one that will affect every, I mean, horrible effect on every American if something isn't done. And and financial thought, Dr. Dave Elhoff is going to be here. And it's we're being gonna, ignored. It's being completely ignored. No, no mainstream media is talking about it. Nobody is. So we're going to share that with you coming up a little bit later. All right. So um, in addition to inflation, crime is just out of control in this country. Uh, for a variety of reasons, I mean, for it, it's comp- it can be complicated because um, Condoleezza Rice said at the 2012 Republican National Convention, when you tell people that they need they should be aggrieved because they've been done wrong by this nation, the other the flip side of that coin is going to be entitlement, and that's a lot what we see going on. Let me just ask you guys a question: When you see this crime wave happening across the country. Isn't there something very much in common with most, if not all, of the perpetrators? I think y'all know what I'm talking about. And it's a group of people that have been told over and over and over again for decades now that they're not responsible for any conditions that are tough in their life. It's America's fault, and therefore they feel entitled to go out and behave any way that they want. Like climbing through a a, a drive through window at a fast food restaurant. Or beating up on people. Because when you, t- when, you, when you foster that kind of sense of victimhood, there was a book many years ago written called Manufacturing Victims. And it was brilliant because you think of the resentment. When you, when you, when you, when you take a child like a Ben Carson who, who's in, a, in an impoverished condition and you tell him, here's your way out. It's called education. Read books. Instead of sitting around feeling sorry for yourself about the kind of home you live in, get educated. Figure out what you want to do with your life. And then through that education, you can become a doctor. First first neurosurgeon to separate conjoined twins. We had him on the show a while back. His brother is literally a nuclear scientist. And you know what? They didn't spend their time running around, carjacking people, ripping people off. It's so angry they're punching or, or running over old people in a Home Depot like we saw last week. These were men that were that were were uh, um, implanted with a sense of of individual response. They're resp- real men. Well, they were real men, and their mother implanted in them instead of a sense of victimhood, a sense of ambition and work ethic, and to use their God given brains to go and achieve something. 
And we don't have that. And we haven't had it for a while in combination with what's going on in our schools, which we talk about every, every, every week with Bob Walters. Then you add in the policies that we've got going on right now, which is no cash bail. People getting arrested and put right back out on the street. Now we've got, you know, um, we had during COVID, they used COVID as an excuse to put uh, seri- uh, you know, serial felons back out on the street. We had Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Nobody was held accountable for that in any any manner reasonable. What do you think is going to happen? We're going to have a crime wave. And what's the solution on the part of the Democrats? Oh, gun control. Let's go take guns away from the law-abiding citizens. That's just the common refrain. Well, Lee Zeldin last night wouldn't have any of it. I want you to hear this exchange with uh, him and uh, Kathy Hochul on jailing criminals. Clip five. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I stated that the first day that I'm in office, I'm going to declare a crime emergency and suspend Castle's bail and these other pro-criminal laws because there is a crime emergency. My opponent thinks that right now there's a polio emergency going on, but there's not a crime emergency. Different priorities that I'm hearing from people right now, they're not being represented from this this governor, who still, to this moment, what are we, halfway through the debate, she still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change we made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you all. I don't know why that's so important to you that there be consequences. There was another clip we don't have time to get into. In which, you know, he is just, I mean, she, her eyes are darting around like she's looking for an exit to get out the building because he's like, you know, she's trying to make you think, New York, that the only crimes that are being committed have to do with guns. Like, how about people being shoved in front of subway cars? How about people being jacked and knifed and this and that? And all she wants to talk about is some false solution on guns. I mean, he just, he, she was filleted. He didn't need a gun to fillet her last night. It was like one of them fillet knives that uh, my uncle used to use when he would catch some bass fish. And then, of course, uh, the uh, you, you know you, there can't be a debate uh, with a conservative, hopefully, that doesn't take to task a Democrat governor for the tyranny that they've imposed. I am glad that at least I, I haven't heard it. I don't know that it came up with with Fetterman and Oz last night. COVID and the crack, the the tyrannical, fascistic, communistic crackdowns on us with COVID are not being highlighted enough by Republicans. We're relying too much on the economic story, which is grave. Um, but we need to remind people of what they've done to us, which was intentional economic destruction, intentional public health destruction. To the degree to where they've literally been killing people with all these mandates. So here's an exchange um, between Kathy Hochul and Zeldin about um, the forced shots on healthcare workers in New York. Clip four. You've been an election denier, a climate change denier. You and Donald Trump were the masterful COVID deniers. We are dealing with a real crisis. And the more people get vaccinated, get those shots in arms. And I would do it all over again when I did last year. That mandate for healthcare workers. They would do it all over again. It's never going to be gone. They, you know, they, uh, if you're living as a conservative under the idea that the pandemic is over and the, and that, and, and like in New York where a court came back and said, you need to rehire all these people and give them back pay, that that means that the problem is over and the tyranny is gone. Oh no, they may, they're just regrouping right now. They're regrouping right now and thinking about how they can come back and double down. 
Donald Trump, by the way, was not a COVID denier. In fact, he went along too much with what Fauci and bad teeth Burks had to say on the matter. In my opinion, he went along with the initial 14 days to flatten the curve that went on for what, a year and a half. The virus was real, of course, we all know that, but the exploitation of it for power to usher us into the technocracy movement to where using uh, using techno, uh, techno, uh, technology with the shots and the passports, that was, their, that was their golden ticket to get us into this total technocracy movement and, and, and our social credit scores, cashless society to where we're, we're you know, gotta, you're not going to be able to, to travel, buy food, consume anything, move about society without holding up your digital footprint and making sure you're up on your shots and making sure that they've checked your, your social credit Scores that's still their end game, and that's still their end game. It hasn't gone anywhere, hasn't not gone away at all. And one of the financial stories next hour that's front and center, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting thing I heard. Um, remember how you and I were like, This dude, this new, this new prime minister in England, in UK, something doesn't sit right, something doesn't sit right. Come to find out, I believe his daddy is the founder or president or CEO of the world's largest digital social credit scoring system in the world. Bingo. In fact, it's being used in the nation of India right now involving tyranny that is um, waging tyranny. It's even being used in schools. That is who is being considered the head of the conservative movement in the UK. He was carefully placed, Andrea. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was installed like Joe Biden was installed here. Right? So. All right. So next hour, we got Elhoff coming on. We got to share this shocking story with you that has to do uh, with our economy. And let's just say that we've got, I think, what, 23 days 24 days at a time before this deadline approaches and in which it's kind of like a ticking time bomb on our economy. We're going to share that story with you. I've got a I've got a crime story out of L.A. LAPD is trending tonight on Twitter. Um, and, and, and I'm not sure it's for the reason why I want to talk about the LAPD. We are now we are now officially having criminal investigations into people for their hand gestures. We're going to share that story with you. We come back 888-344-1170. Email, <laughs> email me at andreacasio.com. And let's keep that conversation rolling. Don't go anywhere. We got another full hour on its way. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.